Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. AINC programming is brought to you in part by Weissman Family Dental in Boulder, Colorado. For over 25 years, Weissman Family Dental has been providing high-quality dentistry. They offer regular checkups, emergency care, and a wide range of specialty services. They also have staff that speak Spanish. If you are looking for a new dentist, find them at WeissmanFamilyDental.com or call them at 303-494-0101 and tell them Audio Information Network of Colorado sent you. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, October 5, 2023 reading of the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. Voter's Guide, Vote 2023, State Ballot Issues, Our 2023 Voter Guide Endorsements by Boulder Weekly Staff, October 5, 2023. Proposition HH, Reduce Property Taxes and Retain State Revenue, Yes, Slash, 4. If approved, Proposition HH would reduce property taxes while allowing the state to keep money that would otherwise be distributed to individuals under Colorado's so-called Taxpayer Bill of Rights, TABOR. The measure would authorize the retention of those dollars through at least 2032 without voter approval, while placing a new property tax limit for most local governments. Retaining funding would support education, rental assistance programs, and reimbursements for local governments to cover reduced property tax revenue. Tax relief for home and business owners amid historical spikes in residential property values will be an obvious selling point for many Colorado voters. The measure would also make it more feasible for older homeowners to downsize, which is a clear and substantial benefit for cities like Boulder, whose populations are rapidly aging. But our endorsement for Prop HH has less to do with the financial burdens of home ownership and more to do with securing the robust funding needed to support publication, public education, and rental assistance. Since its passage in 1992, the regressive stranglehold of Tabor has put a hard ceiling on what's possible in the Centennial State by holding public investment hostage in favor of a fleeting payday. Colorado voters should dismantle this libertarian fantasy of what it means to live together in a society, and this measure is a good place to start. Proposition 2, or II, retain nicotine tax revenue in excess of Blue Book estimate. Yes, 4. Passage of this measure would authorize the state to retain and allocate $23.65 million in tax revenue already collected with interest from the sale of cigarettes and other tobacco and nicotine products. This money would be used to support the state's universal preschool program. If voters do not approve Proposition 2, the potential funding would be returned to industry wholesalers and distributors through direct refunds, 
temporary tax cuts or credits, or another method to be determined by the Colorado Department of Revenue. Our decision to endorse Proposition 2 was a no-brainer. The endorsement hangs on a basic question, who deserves this money, tobacco companies or our kids? The answer is clear, especially when you consider how funding would be used to help some of our most vulnerable children. In addition to providing part-day preschool programming for students in the year before kindergarten, Revenue kept and spent under the measure would provide the same for all three- and four-year-olds with disabilities, plus additional preschool programming for low-income families and at-risk kids. Passage of this measure would retain the current tax rates on these products that were previously approved by a two-thirds majority of voters in 2020. Let others clutch their pearls over government expansion and corporate taxes. We know what's right for our young people, and it's a big fat yes on Prop 2. Voter's Guide, Vote 2023, Content Archives, Special Editions, Vote Guide. Boulder County Ballot Issues, Our 2023 Vote Guide Endorsements. By Boulder Weekly Staff, October 5, 2023. Ballot Issue 1A, Open Space Sales and Use Tax Extension and Revenue Change. Yes, 4. Boulder County's existing open space sales and use tax would be extended for another 15 years if voters approve this ballot measure. Passage would authorize the county to continue to collect point. 0.5% to help cover expenses related to the acquisition, improvement, management, and maintenance of these publicly accessible lands. Boulder Weekly supports this important commitment to maintaining the open space that has become a central part of public life here in our idyllic slice of the Front Range. Ballot Issue 1B Affordable and Attainable Sales and Use Tax Extension and Revenue Change. Yes, 4. This proposal would authorize a 15-year continuation of an existing countywide 0.185% sales and use tax supporting affordable and attainable housing and services in Boulder County. It's no secret that the housing crisis plaguing our community is severe and untenable. More than 16,000 households spend over half their income on rent each month, according to data from Boulder County Housing and Human Services. In a familiar story, people of color and people with lower income are bearing the brunt of this crisis. Extending this tax support for another 15 years won't get us out of this mess overnight, but it's an important step in the effort. Ballot Issue 6A, Nederland Ecopass Public Improvement District Extension. Yes, 4. In another proposed tax extension, this measure's passage would continue the existing ad valorem property tax mill levy to offset the costs of administering the Regional Transportation District, RTD, EcoPass program, 
offering unlimited trips on all RTD services to residents of the Nederland EcoPass district. The rate of the mill levy is not to exceed 1.85 mills, or approximately $12.52 in annual property tax per $100,000 in residential value, according to a Boulder County fact sheet. The measure would also allow RTD to implement an EcoPass program for non-resident workers in the district. Boulder Weekly endorses this measure in part for its potential to boost the economy of Nederland and the surrounding region. In addition to helping local businesses retain and recruit workers through the employee EcoPass, extension of the program will help alleviate traffic and parking congestion in the area by taking more emission-producing cars off the road. No matter how you slice it, that's a win for all of us. News. Now you know September 21, 2023. This week's news in Boulder County and beyond by Boulder Weekly Staff. Solar Co-op launches in Boulder County. Boulder County has launched its first solar co-op. The project, which kicked off on Monday, September 18, is a collaboration between Boulder County, the municipalities of Boulder, Lafayette, Louisville, Erie, Superior, Lyons, and Nederland, and the nonprofit Solar United Neighborhoods, Sun. It's free to join and open to all homeowners and small business owners in Boulder County. Solar co-ops are a group of property owners who purchase solar panels at a group rate from a single installer. According to Sun, co-op membership saves money compared to purchasing independently and opportunities to learn more about solar energy and technology and financing. Quote, this new co-op is about taking action to create a better tomorrow, unquote, Boulder County Commissioner Ashley Stoltzman said in a press release. Quote, it's about increasing access to renewable solar energy by reducing upfront costs, building local resilience, and taking bold strides toward cutting out the fossil fuels causing the climate chaos we're all experiencing, unquote. After a competitive bidding process facilitated by Sun, a solar company will be selected to complete installations. The co-op has nearly 100 members as of publication and is halfway to its member goal. The deadline for residents to sign up is November 30. People interested in learning more can attend free sessions on October 15 and November 15, Register at bit.ly slash OCT underscore two five underscore session or bit.ly slash NOV underscore one five underscore session from Lily Fletcher. Boulder's 2024 recommended budget. The City of Boulder's recommended budget for 2024 is slightly higher than last year's and includes increased funding to human services projects, but a reduction in allocations to transportation and mobility. 
The proposed budget is $514.8 million across all funds, with an operating budget of $374.1 million and capital budget of $140.7 million. The city estimates this year's budget is nearly 5% higher than the 2023 approved budget in terms of operating expenses, though the number appears lower due to changes in bond proceeds practices. But staff say the city is operating in a, quote, constrained environment, unquote. Mark Wolf, Boulder's senior budget manager, says that's due to a combination of factors, including the rapid restoration of city-funded services following the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, additional demand on city services, and, quote, inflationary pressure, unquote. Half the city's revenue comes from sales and use tax, making its budget somewhat dependent on external economic conditions. Certain funds, like the $6.5 million the city receives each year from its climate tax, are, quote, dedicated funding, unquote, sources, revenues restricted to a specific purpose. The city estimates about 70% of all revenues are dedicated. Wolf says this collective environment limits the city's flexibility. Quote, as we have these emerging community needs or shifting priorities, that makes it hard to shift quickly without seeking voter approval to do something differently, unquote, he says. But change is on the horizon. In November, a ballot measure will ask residents to decide whether to renew the 0.15% sales tax that is set to expire at the end of 2024. If approved, half the money will be allocated to, quote, support arts, culture, and heritage, unquote, and half to the general fund. If it expires, even after a potential November 2024 follow-up vote, the city will have to reduce more than $7 million of expenses currently programmed in the general fund. Boulder's 2024 budget also includes nearly $3 million more for Housing and Human Services, with $43.5 million dedicated to the Social Services Organization. More than $2 million of that increase is devoted to Human Services, which includes programs like Behavioral Health and Non-Law Enforcement Response. Wolf says that's one area where the city has shifted to meet community demand. However, Transportation and mobility was $2 million less than last year, leading some council members to voice concern over the city's ability to fix potholes on city-owned streets. There's already conversation about the, quote, prime effect, unquote, the emergence of CU football as a nationwide craze might impact Boulder's budget. While the city is expecting more revenue from sales tax, Wolf says it's too early to predict how it will impact budgeting. Council can propose changes to the recommended budget. The city currently expects to adopt the official budget by October 19. 
More about the city's budget at bit.ly slash 2024 Boulder Budget from Will Matuska. NSF awards CU Research Center. The JILA Physics Frontier Center, GILA PFC, is receiving a $25 million grant from the National Science Foundation, NSF, to continue research into quantum systems over the next six years. Founded in 1962, GILA, housed on the campus of CU Boulder, brings together 20 researchers who explore the nature of the quantum many-particle systems that govern the evolution of the universe. GILA PFC is housed within the GILA Institute, which is a collaboration between the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, and the university. GILA is one of four physics research centers that will receive between $14 million and $25 million from NSF. Quote, Research teams at NSF Physics Frontiers Centers have made breakthrough after breakthrough, such as creating remarkable new states of matter and revealing the first evidence for the gravitational wave background of the universe, unquote. NSF Director Seturaman Panchanathan said in a press release, quote, While different in their respective areas of focus, NSF's newly funded centers are all bold team efforts to punch through to exciting new vistas of scientific exploration, unquote, from Will Matuska. In case you missed it, by the numbers, Coach Prime changes the herd. Coach Deion Sanders' impact on the Colorado Buffaloes this year, quote, ain't hard to find, unquote. Here are some ways the former NFL star has changed the herd thus far. The Buffs are now gathering college football's most expensive ticket. The cheapest ticket for the Buffs' next home game on September 30 against the University of Southern California was $377, and the average resale ticket price for a sold-out home game is $506. The team's growing popularity is following them on the road, too. The average ticket price for the Oregon game in Eugene on September 23 was $242, according to Ticket IQ. According to SeatGeek, the average single ticket price for a 2022 CU Boulder football game was $61. CU football's home attendance average was 46485 per game last year. The average of the first two games this year is 52191 The university announced on September 19 that home game tickets are sold out for the entire season for the first time in school history. Tickets are still available through secondary vendors like SeatGeek. According to an ESPN post on X, formerly Twitter, Psy, the CU versus Colorado State game was the fifth most watched game in the network's history, with an average of 9.3 million viewers and a peak of 11 million. It was the company's most streamed regular season college football game of all time. Coming up, 
the city of Longmont is distributing a survey to understand how extreme heat impacts residents and what they do to stay cool. Complete the survey at bit.ly slash Longmont Heat Survey and become eligible for a $10 electric bill credit. Unincorporated Boulder County will see a minimum wage increase to $15.69 per hour, 15% above Colorado's minimum wage, on January 1, 2024. There are multiple ways for residents to provide feedback on the future of minimum wage in Boulder County. Fill out an online survey by October 16 at bit.ly slash BC Minimum Wage Survey or attend an in-person town hall event on October 12 at 5.30 p.m. at the Left Hand Grange, 195 2nd Avenue in Niwot or comment in person, over Zoom, or by phone at a county commissioner's hearing on November 2. Registration links and further details will be available in the Commissioner's Advance Agenda on Friday, October 20. Sign up for the agenda at bit.ly slash Commissioner's Agenda. Cuisine, Nibbles, An Adaptable Chef by John Lendorf, October 5, 2023. On any given Saturday at 7 p.m., nearly every table is occupied at 1914 House Restaurant in downtown Niwot. In the kitchen, Chef Justin Hirschfield is working multiple orders at the stove, instructing cooks and getting wait people ready to deliver to the downstairs and upstairs dining areas. Hirschfield's menu ranges from wild mushroom arancini and roasted beet salad to upscaled versions of fried chicken, burgers, and mac and cheese. His focus on simplicity and flavor is on full display in dishes like grilled wasabi marinated ribeye plated with asparagus, roasted fingerling potatoes, tempura fried mushrooms, and bulgogi sauce. When the orders settle down, Hirschfield heads to the dining room to joke with regulars about food and life. Then he wheels back to the kitchen to crank out more dinner tickets. Hirschfield has worked from a wheelchair for more than 22 years. Quote, everybody sees the wheelchair and wonders why I'm in it, he says. It's the little kids who are the most inquisitive. They come up without any prompt and ask, what happened? Unquote. The 1914 house is just the latest chapter in a career that led Hirschfield to become one of Boulder's youngest executive chefs. It started with a meal alongside his parents at Boulder's legendary Ristorante Laudicio. They sat at the bar looking into the open kitchen. Quote, I was tasting and watching those guys cook and thinking, oh my God, this is the best thing I ever ate. I want to learn how to cook like that. Hirschfield says, they looked like they were having so much fun, unquote. At that point, the 16-year-old's cooking experience consisted of a work-study experience as part of a class at Boulder High School. Quote, 
My resume was very short, but I went ahead and filled out an application, Hirschfield says. When I brought it to the chef, he said, you want to get started? I got paid with a bowl of pasta at the end of the shift. I just kept showing up week after week after week and got hired, unquote. Eventually, Hirschfield was sent to work in a restaurant in Italy, and when he got back to Boulder, he became a sous chef. At the age of 24, Hirschfield was head chef at Ristorante Laudicio. The accident changed a few things. On March 31, 2001, Hirschfield broke his back in a motocross accident and was paralyzed from the waist down. He moved to Niwot, where he had a strong support system of family and friends. He talks about the accident in a matter-of-fact way. Quote, After I was finally released from the hospital, I had to take a minute to readjust, he says. My injury was low in my lumbar spine. I still had a lot of upper body strength, so I could push myself around in a manual wheelchair, unquote. Three months after the accident, his daughter Ariel was born. Quote, Having Ariel was a silver lining, Hirschfield says. I just had this beautiful baby and she was a huge motivator for me. As I recovered, I was a stay-at-home dad. I had this awesome amount of time to spend with her one-on-one, unquote. Post-accident, Hirschfield went back to school to get involved in the brewing industry, but he found himself at the Niwot Market as a volunteer chef for a benefit event. Quote, I got in there and realized that the kitchen was serviceable for me and also that I still love to cook, he says. I started working there and everybody in Niwot got used to seeing me rolling around town, unquote. In the kitchen, Hirschfield did some of his nice knife work on a cutting board on his lap. Initially, quote, initially, the regular prep tables were a little bit too high, so we finally rebuilt a table so I could just roll up underneath it, he says. You're in a much more ergonomically correct cutting position. It's easier and more efficient, unquote. At the Niwot Market, and now at 1914 House, the only customized adaptive piece of equipment is a table. The 1914 house is accessible, at least in its first floor dining room, Hirschfield says, but that's not the case for all establishments. Quote, if you look at the front door and see steps going into a restaurant, it's a non-starter, Hirschfield says. A lot of the time, the signage to the accessible entrance isn't posted. I've definitely had experiences where a restaurant is packed so tightly that rolling through it with a wheelchair is impossible, unquote. And then there are the bathrooms. Quote, who are the knucklehead engineers who built these accessible bathroom stalls with doors that swing inwards so you can't close them? Unquote, Hirschfield says. A question of attitude. Hirschfield says living with an injury like his requires a shift in perspective. Quote, when you experience something as catastrophic as a broken back, it totally changes your world. I was either bullheaded enough or disciplined enough not to give up. You have to be willing to adapt, unquote, he says. Hirschfield says embarking on new activities is another key to a healthy life post-injury. Quote, 
I actually have a lot of fun trying new things, he says. If it doesn't work out, it's not going to ruin my day, unquote. But in the kitchen, Hirschfeld often finds himself returning to familiar cuisine. Quote, Italian is still my comfort food, and I play around with risotto, Hirschfeld says. It's like a beautiful blank palette every time you start. It brings me back to when I was first learning to cook, unquote. The current menu at 1914 House features crispy skin bronzino served with creamy saffron risotto. On occasion, Antonio Laudicio, owner of the late Ristorante Laudicio, who now operates Laudicio Mobile Catering, comes in to dine. Quote, It's fun to see him enjoying my food, Hirschfield says. He and his brothers taught me so much and gave me some tough love when I needed discipline in my life, unquote. At the age of 46, Justin Hirschfield has 30 years of cooking experience under his chef's jacket, quote, I'm also 22 years post-injury and I'm still figuring it out, unquote, he says. But Hirschfield says cooking is no longer his whole life, quote, I have been so fortunate. I've been able to continue living in a very similar way to what I imagined it would be anyway, he says. Right now, I'm just waiting for the snow. My sport is sit skiing. I'm pretty good, but I've definitely wiped out and taken some diggers, unquote. Local food news, great bakery news. A new cafe, Creature Comforts, is open at 1647 Pearl Street in Boulder, serving coffee, tea, and Japanese-style desserts from Broomfield's Enchanted Oven. A few blocks west in Boulder, Bitty and Bows, a cafe chain which focuses on hiring people with disabilities, is open at 1468 Pearl Street. Arrive early if you want to grab goodies from an all-star lineup supplying the Baking a Difference Bake Sale, October 7, from 10 a.m. to noon at 311 South Public Road in Lafayette. Participating bakeries include Bittersweet Cafe, Daily Grains, Eats and Sweets, Enchanted Oven, and Shamani's Bakery. Proceeds benefit Community Food Share. Taste baked goods from 80 competing home bakers at the inaugural Denver Bake Fest at Denver's Rebel Bread on October 7. Tickets at rebelbreadco.com slash bakefest. Two episodes of Roots So Deep, a new docuseries on regenerative agriculture, are showing October 10 at the Dairy Arts Center, 2590 Walnut Street in Boulder. A free reception follows at Corrida, 1023 Walnut Street in Boulder. Registration at thedairy.org. Words to chew on, eating the earth. Quote, the act of putting into your mouth what the earth has grown is perhaps your most direct interaction with the earth. Unquote from Francis Moore LaPay. Questions, comments, tips? Email nibbles at boulderweekly.com. Entertainment, screen, 
Balancing Act, Return of the Boulder Jewish Film Festival by Michael J. Casey, October 5, 2023. Now in its second decade, the Boulder Jewish Film Festival is trying something new. Quote, The reality of programming is that I don't get to invite the movies that are out there. I have to deal with the movies that I actually have, unquote, says founding director Catherine Bernheimer. Quote, and sometimes they just present themselves in such a way that it makes sense to create a series within the festival that allows people to gain a deeper understanding of the subject, to look at something from various perspectives, unquote. Bernheimer, a former critic and author of two books on Jewish movies, has been programming the Boulder Jewish Fe Film Festival, BJFF, for 11 years now. And our festival has a history of covering all aspects of the cinematic Jewish experience. Quote, I always want to have a variety of films, she says. So I have documentaries and features. I have contemporary films, films that deal with history. I have upbeat, amusing, entertaining, and I have serious, heavier films. So it all has to be a balance, unquote. And for this year's BJFF, running November 2 through November 12 at the Dairy Arts Center, Bernheimer will be striking that balance while devoting more than half the lineup to two governing themes, Vanished World, which explores the culture of shtetls, and Israel at 75, which looks at the history of the Jewish nation-state established in 1948. Quote, I'm not at all focused on the conflict in the Middle East, unquote. Bernheimer is quick to explain about Israel at 75, quote, that's sort of defined the narrative of Israel for so long, and there's so much more to look at. So we're trying to put a human face on Israel, unquote. To create community, and though the five movies of Israel at 75 Elik and Jimmy, June Zero, 1341 Frames of Love and War, Baron and Reckonings came together through intention. The movies that comprise Vanish World came together almost coincidentally around the new released Shtetl, S-H-T-T-L, Set in a shtetl on the Polish-Ukrainian border on the eve of the 1941 Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union, the Yiddish shtetl has garnered positive reviews on the film festival circuit, so Bernheimer booked it right away. Quote, Then I was approached by CU's College of Music, Jonathan Malin, an associate professor at CU's College of Music and Program in Jewish Studies, unquote, Bernheimer says, quote, and he wanted to bring in a violinist, Alicia Svigals, who was a founding member of the Klezmatics, a world-foremost klezmer violinist, to play with a Jewish silent film, unquote. That film, The Man Without a World, also set in a shtetl, is the first silent film to grace the BJFF. And since Svigals will be attending the festival, 
Bernheimer decided that some context might be helpful for audiences and booked the 2010 documentary about the klezmatics and klezmer music on holy ground. Add to that lineup Vishniak, a documentary about Roman Vishniak's photographs of shtetls, and BJFF attendees have a chance to understand a culture and a way of life that has all but been eradicated. Quote, Our mission is to create community, to engage the community, to provide opportunity for social interaction and group learning, Bernheimer says, and we use film to accomplish that. Unquote. Active listening. As you may expect from these selections, BJFF also uses music to achieve its goal of bringing people together. Quote, the mitzvah of music, or the magic of music, unquote, as Bernheimer puts it. To that end, two contemporary documentaries will bookend this year's festival, Rock Camp, about rock and roll fantasy camp founder David Fishoff, and Edina Menzel, Which Way to the Stage. And like the movies featured in Vanished World and Israel at 75, Talkbacks will follow each screening. Quote, From the very beginning, I have never presented a film without a discussion afterward, unquote, Bernheimer says. Quote, They're not lectures. I'm not trying to get panel discussions up there. I want the audience to have an opportunity, just as you would with your family. You go to a movie, you come home, and you talk about it, unquote. And that family atmosphere, free of pretension and full of exploration, is Bernheimer's aim with BJFF, a place for those, quote, who want to understand the Jewish experience as it's depicted on screen, unquote. On screen, Boulder Jewish Film Festival, November 2 through 12 at the Dairy Arts Center, 2590 Walnut Street in Boulder. Tickets 18 to $25 per screening, on sale October 6. Entertainment, books, windswept. Boulder author's new novel spotlights the foster care system by Bart Shaneman, October 5, 2023. Michelle Tial and her wife were in the process of taking in a foster child when they got a call that a boy and girl had just been removed from their home. The older brother was holding his sister's hand in the back seat of the car on their way to what seemed to be a new life. Quote, just think of this as the next adventure, unquote. Tial recalls him telling his sibling, quote, as long as we're together, we're going to be fine, unquote. The kids ended up going back to their mom, but that moment stuck in Tial's mind. And those two kids became Skye and Ben, the main characters in her new novel, The Wind Will Catch You, out now on Alcove Press. As the story begins, Skye is growing more entangled with her caseworker when she gets a call that a comatose man in the hospital may be her brother. That can't be, because Ben died when they were kids. The narrative travels back and forth in time, weaving several threads along the way, but Thial doesn't use flashbacks in the common sense. 
For one, Ben's journals play a large part in the way the story is told. Ben had always wanted to be a writer, so the diary entries are evocative and detailed. It would be a disservice to the reader and spoil the plot by talking about the storyline much further. Quote, I had to be really careful tying together the mystery of whether or not Ben is alive, if he's the man in the hospital, or whether he really did die, and keeping that alive without revealing too much, unquote, Thial says. Thial lives in Boulder and works as editor and photographer for Alaska Magazine. Prior to The Wind Will Catch You, Thial wrote Teaching the Cat to Sit, a memoir about her experience as a gay Catholic woman balancing being a daughter and a mother raising her son with her partner. The book started as an essay, which was eventually nominated for a GLAAD Media Award in the Denver-based 5280 magazine. As emotionally raw as this book is, with heavy themes including child abuse, patricide, and forced adoption, Thiel was less fearful about it being out in the world than when she published the memoir. Quote, it was much less emotional, she says. It's not my story, unquote. Shine a light. The Wind Will Catch You may not be based on Thiel's life, but she and her wife were foster parents and adopted their son from Boulder County Foster Care. She knows firsthand the problems in the system. Quote, There are outcries and movements for so many things that are important, but the U.S. foster system we've just left in shambles, she says. There's no protests or outcries, and these kids have no one to stand up for them. It breaks my heart, unquote. After her book was published, Thiel asked her friends, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you know about the foster care system in the United States? Quote, people are saying zero, unquote, Thiel recalls. Thiel's book is fiction, but she says the gut-wrenching parts about America's broken foster care system could, quote, absolutely be true, unquote. She hopes that if anything comes from publishing the novel, it spurs discussion about its different themes, which also include incarceration, teen pregnancy, and LGBTQ identity, even if that wasn't Thiel's intent when she set out to write it. Quote, I didn't really want to change the world with the book or preach, she says. I wanted it to be a page turner. I wanted people to sit down and have something they needed to talk about afterward, unquote. Writing the Landscape According to Thiel, her new book will appeal to fans of Barbara Kingsolver's Demon Copperhead and Kristen Hanna's The Great Alone, in the way those writers incorporate a sense of place. Thiel grew up in Texas before she, quote, escaped, unquote, and the landscape of the Lone Star State almost serves as a character of its own in The Wind Will Catch You. Quote, that's definitely something a Colorado audience can relate to, Thiel says, the way that we're part of the landscape, that it plays a part in our survival and understanding of the world. Unquote. 
and not unlike the dedication required to scale some of the Centennial State's most daunting 14ers, the 320-page novel took Thiel nine years to write. She knew the beginning and the end. It was the part in the middle that she tweaked and obsessed over for years. She's part of the same Boulder writing group as Buzzy Jackson, who recently published the historical novel To Die Beautiful. And like Jackson, Thiel credits the group with keeping her going and finding the story. Quote, It was just me spending the time, layer after layer after layer, Thiel says, taking layers off, putting them back on, until the story really made sense. Unquote. On the page, Colorado local authors open house featuring Michelle Thiel 3 to 6 p.m. on Sunday, October 8 at the Netherland Community Library, 200 Colorado Highway 17, free. Events Peter and the Star Catcher at the Arts Hub at 420. Courtney Way, Lafayette, Colorado, $15 to $28 for tickets. Friday, October 13, 7.30 p.m. Saturday, October 14, 2 p.m. Saturday, October 14, 7.30 p.m. And Sunday, October 15, 2.30 p.m. And also the following weekend, Friday, October 20, 7.30 p.m., Saturday, October 21, 2 p.m., Saturday, October 21, 7.30 p.m., and Sunday, October 22, 2.30 p.m. So you think you know the story of Peter Pan. Think again. Join us for this thrilling origin story in which you learn how Peter and his lost boys came to Neverland, it's Victorian England, and a ship full of orphan boys is being sent away to a mysterious island. No one knows where they are going or what's in the trunk the captain keeps stashed in his cabin. And meanwhile, who is the young girl on board who calls herself a star catcher? When the ship is infiltrated by pirates led by the fearsome Captain Stash and his henchman Shmee, the boys and Molly the Starcatcher have to save the treasure from their dastardly clutches. Based on the popular novels by Dave Barry and Ridley Pearson, this adventurous romp of a play will delight all those who refuse to grow up. This production is rated PG. Events contact at the Arts Hub is Clara Wendland. Clara, C-L-A-R-A, at artshub.org or call 303-229-1127. Events. Q Barbecue Fest in Boulder, Friday, October 20, from 5 to 10 p.m., and Saturday, October 21, from 10.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., at Folsom Field, 2400 Colorado Avenue in Boulder, 303 492 3213. Price is $20 to $109. Description. 
The best in barbecue descend on Boulder for a feast at Folsom Field, October 20 through 21. The Q Barbecue Fest brings together legendary pitmasters from across the country to serve award-winning barbecue with live music, cold beer and drinks, barbecue tutorials, live demonstrations, and more. Choose from a pay-as-you-go ticket or upgrade to VIP and enjoy all you can eat and drink. With the VIP Pass, you'll also get access to premium VIP-only samples, cocktails, specialty barbecue, exclusive lounge areas, and more. Visit the event website at qbbqboulder.com. Events. Ecotoberfest. Saturday, October 7, from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Louisville Community Park, 955 Bella Vista Drive in Louisville. The cities of Lafayette and Louisville and the towns of Superior and Erie are hosting a regional sustainability event called Ecotoberfest on Saturday, October 7, from 2 to 6 p.m., at Louisville Community Park, 955 Bella Vista Drive in Louisville. Ecotoberfest will feature over 60 plus eco exhibitors, a sustainable makers market, EV and e bike showcase, free electronic recycling, Halloween costume exchange, food trucks, and many other family friendly activities. Enjoy a beer garden hosted by the Louisville Chamber of Commerce and live music by the Gorilla Fanfare Brass Band, followed by 90% 90s. We invite you to join us for this event to envision and create healthy, resilient, and sustainable communities in Boulder County. This event is free and open to the public. Schedule 2 p.m. event kickoff, 2.30, live music by Gorilla Fanfare, 3.30, sustainability story time with the Louisville Library, 4.30, live music by 90% 90s, and 6 p.m. event concludes. Events, Butterfly Pavilions, Spiders Around the World. Sunday, October 8, from 9 to 5 p.m. Also, Friday, October 6, through Thursday, October 19, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At the Butterfly Pavilion, 6252 West 104th Avenue in Westminster, Colorado. Call 303-469-5441. Tickets are $9.95 up to $14.95. Exhibits included with general admission. Just in time for the spooky season, Butterfly Pavilion transforms the zoo into a captivating spider wonderland with the astonishing limited-time exhibition Spiders Around the World, October 1 through 31, 2023. This year's Halloween-inspired spider collection showcases more than 20 different tarantula species from across the globe, such as the Colombian pumpkin 
and sapphire ornamental tarantulas. Prepare to be mesmerized by these incredible eight-legged creatures as we celebrate their beauty, complexity, and importance in our ecosystem. Visit butterflies.org slash spiders dash around dash the dash world for more information. Events. Catterday Yoga. Saturday, October 7, from 8.45 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. at Perfect Pause Cat Cafe, 5290 Arapahoe Avenue, Unit E in Boulder. Yoga with Cats. Start your day off on the right paw with a gentle yoga practice and kitties. All skill levels welcome. No experience needed. Events. Prairie Dog Family Event. Join Boulder County and City of Boulder naturalists to learn more about and celebrate the prairie dogs on open space. Search for clues for our scavenger hunt. Learn about prairie dogs and their families. Play fun nature games. Story time and arts tables. Observe prairie dogs and birds. Win prizes for activities. Feel free to pack a picnic and bring the whole family. Light refreshments included. Event held at Beach Open Space Shelter. The shelter entrance will be open for this event. Registration is required at discover.bouldercountyopenspace.org. Event Calendar Strategies for Job Seekers 50+. Are you age 50-plus and looking for work? If, the, if so, this workshop is for you. This workshop will explore myths and truths about older workers, the range of programs and training available through federally funded workforce centers, strategies for showcasing your strengths, and how to put together a compelling resume. To sign up for a workshop, go to ConnectingColorado.com, create an account, and click on Workshops. A link to the workshop will be sent to you the day before the workshop with instructions on how to join the virtual meeting. The event is on October 11, at starting at 9 a.m., ending at 10.30 a.m. This is organized by Workforce Boulder County. Virtual event, Book Chatter Podcast, Friday, October 13, from 8, to 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. From Longmont Public Library. This month's book, October's book, is books by local author and guest star Richard Estep. Books to be discussed include Haunted Longmont, Serial Killers, The Minds, Methods, and Mayhem of History's Most Notorious Murderers, The Great American Ghost Trip, Ten Nights, Ten Haunted Locations, 4,000 Miles, A Whole Lot of Ghosts, Colorado UFOs, and more. View the full list of podcasts and books at about the book chatter 
The Book Chatter podcast is designed for adults. Some reading material and discussion topics may be unsuitable for those younger than 18. Find Book Chatter on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. The podcast drops the second Friday of each month. Join your Longmont librarians for a new monthly interactive book club. Each month, we'll spend 30 minutes to an hour chatting about a different book. You can participate. Read the book, send us your thoughts, and then listen in as we share our thoughts and perspectives. To participate in Book Chatter, submit your questions, reactions, or comments about the month's book in one of these ways. By email, Facebook comments or messenger, Twitter direct message, or by leaving a recorded voicemail message at 303-774-4875. Thank you for joining us for the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.